Check one, check two. DJ Chris on the mic, blowing it up. Good evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is episode number 46. We have now done as many episodes of this show as there are books in the Catholic version of the Old Testament, assuming that the Book of Lamentations is counted as a book separate from the Book of Jeremiah. That's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) We are the podcast about bad books, movies, and television. Today we are talking about the movie Golden Girls 2, Back in the Habit. This is the the second Sex and the City movie that we've had to sit through, and I believe... As a matter of policy, and managed to outsuck the first one. Thoughts? Really quick uh, snap judgments? I'm not sure. <laughs> it did not live up to the suckiness of the first for me. Interesting. Chris? Old hoe bags wandering around having stagey drama in the Middle East? Yeah. Suck. Suck, <laughs> <laughs> suck worse or suck better, though? Suck to such a grander scale that I can't even possibly compare the two. None more suck, I understand. Christopher? Well, this one sucked pretty hard, but with the other one, I mean, watching it on the computer, we had the, the actual timeline that showed us how much more we had to watch. <laughs> That's and right. That was pretty hard. <laughs> well, this one, I, I checked my watch and I was like, well, it feels like it's about to wrap up and it had only been 40 minutes, which is not a good sign. <laughs> and there was two hours left. In addition, watching it in the theater, we have uh, people around us and that provided a, its own source of entertainment, I think. That's true. All right. Fair enough. Well, uh, you, you've now heard them all speak. Let me tell you who they are. First up tonight, he quit his job at a sexist law firm and then got hired by a firm that has one person of every single race. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ezra, and he's the ginger. I just need to find people with every other hair color but mine. Just spread them around around a picnic table? Yeah. Then you're a law firm. That's all it is. That's all it takes. Is <laughs> That's different. what a law firm is, not an episode of Sesame Street. <laughs> also joining us today, uh, the stressful life of raising two children with only one full-time live-in nanny might be a little too much for him. Chris is the cute one. I worry about the size of other people's breasts. <laughs> well, that was a major plot point for, for about an hour of the movie. Also joining us today, a very special guest. His desire to have sex on a beach is the reason why we went from being guests of the Sheik to getting Sheiked down. Oh! Christopher is the sexy one. <laughs> really? Sheiked down? <laughs> It's a chic down. You're so romantic. You remind me of Lawrence of Malabia. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I am your host today. Uh, the New Yorker doesn't hate my book because it's juvenile and badly written. They hate it because I'm a strong woman. My name is Alex, and I'm the ugly one. Oh, hey, Alex. Oh, no, you're, you're okay. Now, actually, the best part of that New Yorker review is that she actually looked better in the New Yorker caricature than she does in real life. <laughs> that was kind of true, yeah. Also, at the beginning of the movie, they did this, like, flashback to 24 years ago. And the funny <laughs> thing about the ugly one is that she hasn't aged a day in 24 years. She looked 95 then and looks 95 now. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm out of one-liners about how ugly she is. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? You think I'm going to believe that now? <laughs> That's five more minutes of dynamite ugly jokes. Well, uh, before we we rip into this, uh, Chris, why don't you tell us the plot of this movie? And as a special challenge today, you're going to summarize this movie in 30 seconds in the style of an obsequious Middle Eastern manservant. This accent probably will not be spot on. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can do it in demeanor if you can't do it in accent. That's fine. I am here for your every need, even though you are four aging women visiting the Middle East for some reason. I know that you spent the last hour in New York. Uh, do you want me? I can leave my wife in another country and I'll just come here to serve you while you get into really incoherent drama about how the Middle East is very different than New York. In the end, we'll all solve our problems magically, and I'll be there to rub your feet. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Very well done. Well done. All right, now it is time for the compliment sandwich round. Christopher, as always, you have the choice to go first or last in the opening compliment. What do you prefer? I will go first. What I really appreciate about this movie was that, well, you guys may or may not recall, but in the 80s, uh, <laughs> Garfield would often send Normal off to Abu Dhabi, and... I feel like that did a lot of damage to the reputation of Abu Dhabi as though it were someplace that you would not want to be. And uh, what these women did was really actually show us the high culture and uh, the great nightlife that Abu Dhabi actually has. So um, so this made up for all the damage Nirmal did. I think it's doing its part. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. You guys remember the 80s? Um, well, parts of it. I was drunk. Yeah, I was pretty <laughs> whacked out on Quaaludes in the 80s. I don't remember all of it, but... <laughs> I was watching Garfield. Well, thanks for uh, making sure everyone knows that you're the old one on this show. <laughs> uh, he's Samantha. Yeah, I was I was watching Garfield while you kids were getting drunk and taking quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, how how are all your um, hormone replacements and uh, menopause pills going for you? A lot of yams? Yeah, I mean, I have a, a pretty strict regimen. Um, how do you get through security? It must be very difficult. Well, usually what I'll do is stuff all my pills into the collection of dildos that I take with me wherever I go. <laughs> and that's usually enough of a deterrent to uh, keep them from searching them. Sorry, are your dildos hollow? Yeah, yeah, they are. Are yours not? <laughs> well, Where else are you going to put the warming gel? On the outside, I assume. Do you, why, why would you warm the inside of the dildo? They, they don't put the warmer on the outside of your luxurious Lexus passenger seat. Thank you. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I guess I'll be next. I haven't been next in a while. So my major compliment today is uh, the movie opened, and by opened I mean about an hour, with a very gay wedding. A really, really gay wedding. Very. Uh, like Liza Minnelli was the headlining act that gay of a wedding. <laughs> and officiated. Yeah, I said that as if I knew that Liza Minnelli was a gay thing. I didn't. Icon. <laughs> I had no idea. But anyway, apparently they kept telling us how gay the wedding was, so I'm, I understand this was a gay wedding. Anyway, here's how gay this wedding was. They even had gay microphones for during the uh, exchanging of vows. Instead of just a normal Shure SM58, the microphone matched the theme of the wedding. It had the same color scheme as the wedding. It was a large, white-bodied mic. It was a very gay microphone. Yamaha's gay 52 microphone. <laughs> exactly. Gay wedding 69 it, microphone. It's yeah. it, it was funny because it was kind of ambivalent whether it was okay saying this is a gay wedding or not. It was like, Big was like, oh, this is such a gay wedding. And Carrie's like, no, it's just our friend's wedding. And then she was like, wow, this is a really gay wedding. <laughs> you guys... There's swans. It must be gay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think if you have too much money more than you are gay. Or you Before, can be yeah, swans. Yeah, I think we're getting confused between sexuality and bank account size. Yeah. It's sort of like how, how the gay stereotype is that gay men are really in good shape, that gay became sort of like a, another way of describing somebody as being really healthy. Now, apparently, you call somebody gay when you mean rich. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, these guys are really going for the, the positive stereotyping. Yeah, well, one of them's a wedding planner, so I'm assuming he has a lot of connections. You know? Yeah, and he's the one who's like, I had nothing to do with this. I hate it. 
Yeah, I love that as the model of just like someone who's really good at sling. They have nothing to do with that in the relationship. They don't get a say in that part. Yeah, you're the chef, but I'm going to make you cereal every night for dinner. I don't want you to touch the kitchen. Cereal with swans in it. Because <laughs> we're so gay, we can afford swans in our cereal. Well, it wasn't one of them saving for his weddings from the time he was six. Oh, that must be what it was. Yeah. Yeah. What does he do, by the way? I mean, I haven't watched the show a lot. What does that, what does that guy do? I guess invest invest wedding money, you know, wisely, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah, Liza's not cheap. No, yeah, right? I, I, geez, I mean, I can't imagine. Four, five Liza's is not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just one Liza, you end up pay for the doppelgangers, too. Yeah, I like how Liza Minnelli was like Saddam Hussein with her minions around her in case anyone tries to take her out. <laughs> yeah. They're all Liza, I only have one bullet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I guess on to my compliment. I'll go last. My compliment is... is yeah, that's not last. Oh, you're still here, Rez? Yeah, okay. Screw you guys, I'm hosting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my compliment is Chris Noth in general. I think he's he's great. And in a movie totally lacking in charm and charisma, he has both those things in spades. There's a scene at which it's normal home life. He sits down on a sofa and crosses his legs. And I was more interested in him <laughs> sitting down on a sofa than I was in anything that happened to the four main characters in the entire movie. So there you go. Yeah, he's, he's, he's okay. He's got big eyebrows. I yeah. think you're, this is just some Chris favoritism here. Yeah, we got to stick together, right, Christopher? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this because I didn't generally like him in the movie, but I very distinctly remember the time they sat down on the couch and I was like, oh, he looks very comfortable. (laughs) See what I mean? So either either that was a very nice couch or it was some good acting. I can't tell which. Well, it was a lack of bad writing, I think is what it really was. (laughs) No no one is saying anything that's annoying me right now. (laughs) As uh, Chris Mm -hmm. has gone last, so you can go, uh, you can make an addendum here with your compliment. you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Chris is tired. He's not even he's not even doing comebacks tonight. <laughs> okay, I got one. I got the few moments of the movie that I enjoyed. Penelope Cruz is in the movie. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to see her. I thought she was gonna be playing herself when I saw her because we just saw Miley Cyrus and Tim Gunn as themselves, uh-huh. presumably. Uh-huh. Uh, so I just thought Penelope Cruz was herself, but no. And said she was a uh, a Spanish market analyst. Which is also pretty fun. She might have been herself. I mean, I think she might actually be a, a Spanish uh, market analyst. <laughs> in addition to uh, acting. She can do anything. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of her. No? You know, and it's nothing It's nothing that she's ever done to me. Um, <laughs> she hasn't done anything to you, presumably. Not yet, not yet. I don't know. Just when I look at her, for some reason, um, I feel like she smells like urine. <laughs> And it gets to me, and that's it. I mean, that's all there is to it, and I don't like her. This... And I'm, I think, yeah, I'm sure she's lovely, but it's not my thing. It's the imagination smell. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you when you uh, think someone's a jerk, and then you tell them, you know, before I got to know you, I really thought you were a jerk. It's kind of like that. And you've, like just, I... you've never gotten a chance to smell Penelope Cruz, so that's why you think she smells <laughs> like urine. This, is, that's this, right. would be, this would be a great conversation with Penelope Cruz after you guys really hit it off and you become besties. <laughs> I used to think you smelled like urine. I knew you were going to smell like urine. I was like, I was sure of it, but you're actually a very nice person. You kind of smell like cinnamon. It's mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> All right, it is now time for our weekly feature. Uh, this is where we talk about our hates of, of the movie. Uh, this week it's called I'm Not Sorry. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. So I guess this this is a, a hate on the movie for pointing out my own apparent racism. Um, 
which I was not a fan of. That's not even funny. I don't even know why I'm laughing. <laughs> so I guess because of all the negative portrayals of uh, Arabs and Muslims in movies, when I see a movie and see an Arab person, I, I think I guess they're a terrorist because that's a weapons a weapons trader. Yeah, right. <laughs> so when uh, when you know all the girls are on the in first class, right on the airplane, and all these um, women are feeding them drinks, I'm like, oh, that one's poison. No, wait, that one. <laughs> I was just waiting for Carrie to like you know to get poisoned and die, and you know Samantha to have to like kick everyone's ass and then you know crash land the plane like uh, in an ocean. So when I realized that wasn't going to happen, I, I was like, well, they shouldn't have misled me like that. I was like, oh no, oh no, that's that's on me. This is my bad. <laughs> um, one thing that I uh, hated about the movie was that there was really no uh, repercussions for any of their actions. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you like that? Um, for instance, uh, and I have a few examples I'd like to cite. She left her passport on a um, countertop and wandered off for half the movie. And then she's like, oh, that's right, my passport. And she went back and got it. There was nothing bad. <laughs> there was no really anything that happened. Nobody sells American passports. Nobody. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Then Charlotte wandered off, and they're like, "Oh my God, where's Charlotte? Where's she? Sh- oh, she's shopping. Don't worry." <laughs> and she was surrounded by so many terrorists. I don't know how yeah. that happened. Oh, you guys. The terrorists are all wimps. It turns out. Yeah. <laughs> I have a hate on the nanny. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Just like her nipples. You don't like anything else about. Wait, her. wait for it, guys. All right. So you should explain the nanny situation. Yeah, the nanny situation is there's a really hot, or at least I. A decently hot, given the scope of the movie, large-breasted, no-bra-having Irish nanny. Kind of like the porno version of Mary Poppins, I guess I would say. (laughs) Implying, of course, that there's not a porno about the actual Mary Poppins, which there probably is. Use Google or Bing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ten seconds, guys. Come up with a name for that porno. Cherry Poppins. (laughs) Pip Pip Cherry Ho. Super calishagalistic. <laughs> <laughs> Sex <Sex-pialidocious>. uh, <laughs> Anyway, so so hot Irish nanny. So yeah, the, there's a big uh, a big to do about you know, whether the the bald uh, husband was going to cheat on Charlotte with this uh, sexy Mary Poppins, and it's like building up the tension, building up the tension, building up the tension. At the last second, we find out that she's gay, so it's impossible for him to cheat on her. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was just kind of like kind of wrapping things up too nicely. I thought it was a uh, kind of a bullshit gay sex machina. <laughs> oh, well, this goes back to what Christopher was saying about how uh, there's no consequences. No repercussions. Yeah, right. I have almost nothing bad to say about the cute one, but a lot of complaints still about the ugly one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's spread them out, dude. Spread them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So here is by far the worst, the worst part of this movie. For the thing I hated the most, which was that. During their like tiff at the beginning, she's really mad that they're becoming a boring couple. And her evidence for this is that they keep getting delicious New York takeout food. Mm-hmm. No fucking way do you get to badmouth takeout food in front of me. <laughs> that is so offend. Takeout is like what poor people aspire to be able to eat every day. Mm-hmm. How dare you? He brought you Japanese food from the new place down the street. Fuck, that's so cool. Yeah, it was yeah. a name like Sobu. Seriously, I would marry him to get to eat half of what was in that bag. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys have to, I mean, think about it from her point of view. She's tired of getting food cooked for her and brought to her. She (laughs) wants to go out and eat foods that someone cooks at that place where they cooked it. (laughs) 
Um, on, but similar notes, though, they also like she was mad about Mr. Big buying her a, a flat screen TV in their bedroom, mm-hmm. which I can understand is a little bit like kind of a selfish gift. But on the other hand, what it really is proving is just that even as women get older, they're still able to throw tantrums over really petty shit. That's, I think, what the takeaway of the older Sex in the City movies. Did you like that, though, Alex? They did have the deadliest catch. Uh, d- 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 yeah. I mean, they had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to waste it as my compliment, but I loved that he was watching Deadliest Catch in the background. I was like, although, although the clip of Deadliest Catch they played was like 20 seconds long, and it was only Captain Keith, who everybody knows is the douchiest captain on in the fleet. <laughs> Why does she care where he gets his crabs from? I mean, it's her or the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Samantha does have like 6,000 condoms in her, in her very small purse, so I, I guess she's well covered. Well, that's only because condoms uh, protect from every disease. Mm-hmm. Not from shame, Christopher, not from shame. <laughs> well, uh, I usually am able to flush that out by listening to an audible podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to iTunes and reviewing my favorite podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> or liking us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. So, uh, as I read the, I, uh, I mean, it's weird to bring this up on a comedy show, but I, yeah, I read this a story in the paper that your brother had died. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I w- is that appropriate? It's, it's the no, other- no, it's guys, it's totally cool. Uh, I, I just play oh. catch with him in in the woods. What? Uh, yeah, your He's dead a- brother. Yeah, my dead brother. Everyone, everyone gets one one dead brother. Um, <laughs> huh. And. I play catch with him in the woods. Is that is that because you promised him that you would help him become a great baseball player? Yeah, exactly. Just just because he dies doesn't mean he can't be a great baseball player. Oh, <laughs> now I get it. I thought you actually were tossing your dead brother in the woods. Oh no, that'd be silly. No, I'm, <laughs> no, no, I'm teaching my dead brother how to play baseball after he's dead. That makes a lot more you're, sense. Sorry, you're playing catch to and from him, not <laughs> a lot of running. <laughs> It, it was it was sad at first actually, but um, the thing that really cheered me up actually was being able to to walk uh, in the woods uh, to and from the spot where we play catch, just listening to my uh, my audible books on MP3. They're really great. An audiobook must be really well protected. You must not be able to put it on any devices or anything. No, you can put it on your iPod. Wow. Yeah, put it on your Zune if you had a Zune. But you don't. No, no, I don't. Who would? God. Right. <laughs> my dead brother threw a Zune away. Was it? An emotional, I mean, I imagine it was an emotional experience for you to uh, hike into the woods and confront your dead brother. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been really tough were it not for the uh, great audiobooks that I was listening to. The great thing about it, there's 60,000 different titles, all right? Even new, current, popular Even new ones? new ones, yeah. Anything you want. Wow, that's great. Well, how did you sign up? Uh, it was really easy. I just went to audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep, and I got a free one. A free audiobook just for going there and signing up. Wow, that's a great deal. I I mean, it's not as good as getting your brother back, but pretty good. Audible.com. Cheaper than dealing with grief. <laughs> <laughs> So it's time for another uh, segment. We, we've started collecting things as we've done this show for a long time. And uh, so we're going to do a couple of those right now. Uh, we're going to add some new entries into our journals. So the first one is uh, is called Great Moments in Racism. Do, 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 do. 
Yeah, yeah, shaklak, clack. <laughs> <laughs> that was racist against uh, slaves and also cowboys. <laughs> and yeah, possibly Chinese people. Yeah, you never know. Hippie orientalism. <laughs> so, uh, important lesson that we learned in racism from this movie is that behind every religious woman in another country, there is a shallow, fashion-obsessed New Yorker just waiting to get out. No matter what their culture is like, they desperately want to be just like your worst habits. Oh, man. So, this came up because they get rescued from all of the oppressive Arab men by some women, uh, some local women who, who pull them in and tell them, it's okay, we like fashion too, and reveal uh, from their conservative garb. Underneath, they have... Uh, the spring collection of uh, Louis yeah. Vuitton or something like that. They also I, have copies of that book that the uh, old one had been reading. Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers' yeah. book. And I was like, yeah. We, you know, we have spent a lot of money bombing Middle Eastern countries recently so that their women can go to school. <laughs> and it was not so that they could read Suzanne Summers' books, all right? I want a refund. <laughs> you could tell that the ugly one really cared about this culture because. She lost her wise black friend from the first movie, mm-hmm. and yeah. so she had to pick up her wise Indian manservant, right, <laughs> to teach her how to treat, how to be in a, a marriage, and that that's like that was the time where she really softened and started to care about the other culture. It was because she had a a wise Indian friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but her Indian servant Garon, by the way, was uh, very uh, what's the word? I'm very tired. Sad making. In, in, <laughs> yeah. How do you say sad making? <laughs> he made me sad. He made me sad. Depressing? Is that the one you're working for, Chris? <laughs> Instead of a compliment sandwich, now we're like things that are happy making. <laughs> happy sandwich. <laughs> if we never meet, that would be the saddest thing I know. Hey, so that conversation really led me into this other thing that I wanted to talk about today. This is a, another segment that I want us to, to start doing, which uh, we're going to call uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. Love it. Christopher, talk to me a little bit about this. So you, you watched No Retreat, No Surrender. Well, while you guys uh, were just in diapers getting drunk, um, <laughs> there was a movie that came out called No Retreat, No Surrender. Does anyone remember this? Awesome. Awesome. Um <laughs> And you should go out and uh, watch it, I suppose. Uh, maybe someday you'll review it. But it's about a martial arts kid who moves to Seattle and gets picked on by the, the new martial arts class. Sounds familiar. Go on. <laughs> oh, Yeah, this one has a twist. He uh, finds an abandoned house where uh, Bruce Lee's ghost trains him to beat everyone in a competition. <laughs> that is <But> different. He... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But throughout that movie, he has a friend in the neighborhood, a black kid who's really into breakdancing. And he, the main character will be in his yard doing something. And the other kid will poke his head over and be like, what you doing over there? Dang. And I always just wonder, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what's going on in your life? I'd like to see that movie where, you know, we're following him and he peeks over the fence, you know. And it's like, oh, what's going on? Well, I'm going to go to my breakdance competition. You know, and then we see his interaction with the other kid from his point of view. So it's sort of like uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, right? Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, so this segment is where we, we talk about what would have been way more interesting topics to have focused on. I got one. I, um, I have one as well. Yeah, I have like seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, all things, I guess, is the point, really, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, so at the at the Hollywood premiere in New York, there's this uh, great moment with with Miley Cyrus wearing the same dress as Samantha and played for laughs yeah. instead of tragedy. By yeah, the way. yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, and Tim Gunn is there and says, "Oh, awkward times too." why do you always embarrass me at the red lobster andre and and then after after tim gunn says that miley cyrus you know comes over to samantha and you know hugs her and they both take pictures together she's all cool class act yeah right so i just want to see um miley cyrus and tim gunn walking around and like tim gunn just comments on people's like awkward situations and miley cyrus tries to make them better she fixes them yeah Well, this one's awkward times five. (laughs) This is so fun. This is perfect. So like with your impending wedding, Ezra, it's like, uh, hey, this distant cousin who we didn't invite just called me and was like, hey, can I come to your wedding? And then Tim Gunn would be like, hmm, that's bad etiquette. Hmm, Ezra, what are you going to do about this? And then Miley Cyrus is like, hey, cousin, want to go out to dinner that night? We could go to all these great places and have a lot of fun. (laughs) Thanks, Miley Cyrus and Tim Gunn. Oh, that's awesome. I love that duo. (laughs) Yeah, they're really fun together. Good notice, Ez. Yeah, no retreat, no surrender. (laughs) How come all my no retreat, no surrenders seem to be tragic? Um, I keep (laughs) thinking of uh, the one gay manservant in in, uh, Abu Dhabi. Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul, and he's totally obviously gay, uh, which means that in uh, Abu Dhabi he would be obviously dead. There is a small out that he has. Uh, I looked this up. If he if he isn't caught, you know, like having sex with anyone, and he just you know suspected of being gay, he'll only get five years in prison. Um, oh, that's... <laughs> five years in pound you in the ass Abu Dhabi prison. Like, okay. but if all the gay people are there, it'd be like a gay like sanctuary, you know, because it can't be thrown in prison twice. Be like yeah. the opening of the movie all over again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Liza goes into the prison with them. Oh, yeah. no retreat, <laughs> no surrender. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, the, the gay wedding Liza Minnelli, I would really like to see Liza Minnelli backstage with her two uh, Liza Minnelli clones just being really mean to her doppelgangers. <laughs> when she gets backstage, she's like, you missed a step in the middle of that. And she's bitching them out for all that. Anyway. Then, You're the worst, Liza Minnelli. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it again. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. Just making them practice all day. And then one of them's like, they're all competing for the love of the real Liza Minnelli. But none of them know which one it is. It's a reality show. I would like to see a movie that revolves around the shoe salesman at the Abu Dhabi market. Professionally does not steal passports. Right. <laughs> and we'll call him Albert. But Albert's just sitting there and people come by and buy shoes at a awesome <laughs> Awesome price. They forget shit there. They come back in a week or, you know, a month. Who knows? He's like a time machine. And then (laughs) he opens up a drawer that he has and it's like, oh, uh, was this your packet of Hubba Bubba? Um, He's been lost and found for this whole classic Arab market. Yeah. And and he knows, like, all the secrets of people, you know? That actually, uh, Albert was great because there was, that led to this really awesome moment where the ugly one is trying to buy a pair of shoes from him. He charges, he he tells her how much they are and she's like, $20 for shoes? Well, shit. And then gives him the money, which is awesome for two reasons. One, because she's the worst haggler ever. And, uh, (laughs) and two, because she's been rich for so long, she forgets like that Payless exists. Just because they're shoes doesn't mean they're expensive. They Mm. could be crappy shoes yeah i would check the stitching twice on those things <laughs> yeah. this goes back to opulence i mean 
it's not fun watching your friends be rich. I'm wearing a um, piece of wood with a shoestring tied around it to my foot right now. <laughs> Just one. Both, Just one. Both feet are on it. Yeah. Right. You're like the army men in Toy Story. <laughs> That's right. How did he go west? He crossed fast in different deserts in Arizona. All right, so for the uh, second half of our compliment sandwich, we go in reverse order, which means today, since Chris went last, we'll start with Ezra. Ezra, what would you have <laughs> for a final compliment? This is kind of a, a what-if moment. So Charlotte's first child's name is Lily. Next one's name is Rose. All right, so in keeping with the, the flower theme, I'm hoping they're going to have like a, a girl with a really awesome flower name, like Wolfsbane or some of that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like Foxglove. Yeah, or Sourgrass. <laughs> I was thinking that what you were going to do was because now that you've got a couple of flowers, you need to like tie the, the arrangement together or something. So she'd be called like moss and a bow. Oh, nice. Or vase. Yeah, she's expensive square vase. Yeah, or baby's <laughs> breath and a bit of ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> she's called delivery extra charge. <laughs> Chris, that makes it your turn. Yeah, absolutely. I, w- I want to compliment one of the awesome things that a guy says in this movie, which is rare because the guys suck in this movie. But she runs into her ex-boyfriend Aiden in the market in Abu Dhabi. And basically the first thing he says to her is, fuck, you look good. <laughs> okay, well, you know, it's a pleasant lie, number one. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought was like, really? Her? Yeah. But also, like, you know, you gotta admire the directness. And and I just think that's that's a wonderful thing to say to a lady. <laughs> you just don't miss the opportunity to just crap on Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker, dude. You know, Matthew Broderick is gonna unfriend us on Facebook. <laughs> no, Matthew Broderick is listening to this and he's all like, Yeah, but she's rich. I, and I couldn't. I didn't want to be gay, so this is what I had to do. <laughs> For my minor compliment today, this is from one of the trailers that we watched during this movie. There oh, was a trailer God. for a movie that we are going to have to watch come August. Lucky us. Eat, Pray, Love. Ah! And uh, it occurred to me while watching that that uh, the title is basically another another way to say Mary Boff Kill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christopher, what's your last compliment? The compliment I have is for, um, I guess, the directors of the movie. Um, first of all, home home run out of the park again. Um, <laughs> but I think that they really address the plight of the rich woman with kids and live in help. And that whole scene where, you know, she's yelling at the baby not to cry. And Anyan's like dumping blood on the counter and... <laughs> Flatting her hands in it. What the fuck was that? I don't know what it was. A bowl of blood. And she's like, like, ooh, it's a game. Yeah. And she's like, look, mommy, look. And, you know, mommy's doing her thing. And then she dumps it. Look, mommy. You know, and and, I mean, I just felt like I could really relate to that, the frustration that she must have felt, you know. The the good thing about that scene, though, was that when she smacked her mom on the butt, um, (laughs) leaving big bloody, yeah. yeah, bloody handprints on her, the baby stopped crying because the skirt was vintage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my compliment. Yeah, I mean. it was that that they that they learn young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and young isn't even in on Young's name. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I I got to be honest. I didn't know if I was saying it right. I was just saying onion. Onion. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, that is it for us. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us on episode 46. We will be back at you next week, same time, same channel. We will be reading the third book in the Twilight series. Uh. Anyway, uh, so we're going to be reading that, so join us. You can get that book for free if you uh, want to pay what it's worth. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash weep and download it. We're going to be reading about the first third, and then... Obviously watching the movie when it comes out, so join us for that, and or listen to us so you don't have to read the book. Thank you, as always, for being here, Chris and Ez. Yeah, of course. And uh, thank you very much, Christopher. Thank you for having me on this kaleidoscope of torture. Yeah, no problem. Christopher, of course, is the lead designer at OneGreatThing.com, which is helping uh, us redesign the website in an excellent way. I can't spoil too much about it because I don't want to jinx it, but it's really fucking cool. So look for that in the next coming weeks. And uh, anyway, that's it. We'll be out. We'll talk to you later. In the wall.